Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Good Labor Day to you and yours. He's Harry Douglas and Freddie Cohen together in for the guys today on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, presented by Progressive Insurance. Check us out on ESPN Radio, and don't forget about us on the ESPN app and Sirius XM Channel 80. Boy, oh boy, trouble in paradise already when it comes to LSU of the losing game one. We're going to get to that in a couple of minutes. But LSU down by 14 points in the fourth quarter. They come all the way back, but they have the extra point blocked. Florida State went to 24 to 23. So in that game on special teams, LSU had a muff punt, a muff punt, a sports like kind of penalty and a kickoff, a blocked field goal, and a blocked point after attempt. That led Brian Kelly, LSU, LSU head coach, to say after the game. I was proud of our resolve. Um, we battled. Um, but, you know, we, we, we just have to learn how to play the game um, the right way, and that is for four quarters. Um, we, we didn't play with uh, the kind of sense of urgency that I want. Uh, for four quarters, and that was evident in our play. We didn't tackle very well. We couldn't get off the field on third down. Um, we didn't execute very well um, offensively. And a little trouble in paradise, Harry. Their top wide receiver, Keishon Butte, LSU wide receiver, deleted all of his LSU content from his Instagram page this morning. And in today's society, we know what things like that mean. That mean guys are normally upset. Um, and rightfully so for him. And, and normally I don't say stuff like this, but I'm watching that game last night, and he's the best player on their offense in my eyes, mm-hmm. Kayshawn Boutte, right? Yep. And I keep saying to myself, like, at what point are they going to get him the football? What point are they going to throw the football to him and get him involved and just just try to make something happen? And it took forever for them to do that. Now, I think he – what did he finish the game with, Freddie? Like three catches? Three catches for like 20 yeah, yards? Yeah. At one point, he had three three um, targets and no catches Yeah, going into that fourth quarter. And he did not look happy in the sidelines about that whole scenario. And even when they did try to throw him the football, and it was close to the tight red zone. And mm-hmm. it's double. he's being double covered. He was double covered just about the entire game. But I think they could have ran some different route combinations to try to you know what I mean, free him up a little bit more or just pick up what we call a now route. The receiver takes one step, you throw it to him right now, or you right. some wide receiver screens, move him around the formations a lot, or just have him outside, move him inside, make him be number three in a three-by-one set. Yeah. It's a lot of different ways that you can try to get your best player the football. Uh, I, I, didn't, I just didn't think LSU did a great job of that. Also, you have Daniels, who is a running quarterback. And there was one time where it was a cover zero blitz, uh, that's when the defense are bring they're bringing everybody and the corners and secondary people there on islands, no safety help. And he didn't pick it up, he didn't see it. But I immediately thought about a guy like CJ Stroud, who just against that same blitz, yeah. understood what was going on and threw a touchdown, which happened to be very beneficial for Ohio State. And mm. it's just little things like that. And then Jaden Daniels got the job over the guy who, that, that I'm pretty sure probably Butte wanted to be the quarterback mm-hmm. uh, or whatnot. So you have all that going on, but. Long story short, they got to get the damn best player on the offense to football any way possible. Yeah, he had two catches for 20 yards, and as of right now, they need to get the LSU content back on his Instagram before they give him the football when they play mm-hmm. against Southern this Saturday because Brian Kelly has over 12 million reasons why he is not going to give a you-know-what because he did not recruit Butte. And he's like, look, I'm going to be here a lot longer than you are, so if you don't want to be here, so be it. That's fine. We'll move on without you because I got guys that I want to be around here. So you're going to delete LSU content off Instagram? So be it. 
I have the ultimate answer to that, and that is I don't have to play you. I can limit your touches. I can limit your time on the field. And that's the last thing you should want. There's a way to handle things. I know it's 21st century the way things that the way people handle things now that, all right, I'm not feeling good. I'm feeling upset. Only had two catches. I'm deleting all LSU content off Instagram. The minute that you go through that door, but if other things go back to your liking, are you going to put it back on Instagram, the LSU content? <laughs> you got to be careful you do these kind of things because if you think that you're getting the attention of your head coach, that head coach did not recruit you. He does not have to get your attention. It's all about you trying to get his attention the best way, and that's not a good way no matter what kind of 21st century thinking is going on. And that's a great way to look at it, Freddie. Um, but, but I will say this. When I look at this LSU team, and they had so many mishaps within the football game. When If you win that game last night, mm-hmm. I, I'll be honest, he probably doesn't scrub everything from his not, social media. Of course not, he doesn't. Of course not. You lose games like last night, and he only had two catches for 20 yards mm-hmm. and wasn't a focal point of the offense. And, and, I, and I get it sometimes when you're double coverage, you have to focus on other guys. But at the end of the day, my best player is my best player. Right. And, and I, and I got to find a way to give him that ball. Mm-hmm. I just have to, Freddie. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think LSU did a great job of that last and, night. And I'm sure he completely agrees with you. But to that point, if he had 11 catch or a buck 85 and he lost by one point, he's not scrubbing his Instagram account no, of LSU. He's, he's going to say, no. we played hard. We're going to be better. We got a lot of stuff to clean up. But when you know you're the guy on that national stage, you got a new head coach. You're thinking it's going to be even better for me. I got a quarterback in Jaden Daniels who left Arizona State to come here, and we've had a pretty good relationship maybe in training camp, and then you go out there and have that kind of failure, epic failure in that big stage. The instant knee-jerk reaction is to do that. That doesn't mean it's the best reaction when it comes to your future playing football because coaches do talk, and Brian Kelly knows a lot of people in college football. And it's as simple as I have this thing called KYP, right? Know your personnel. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to give you an example. Um, I'm going to take it to the NFL game first for this example. Tennessee Titans are driving, right? And the last interception that, that Ryan Tannehill threw, he threw to Nick Westbrook Iking. Now, I'll be damned if I'm going to throw the football to him. And it's nothing against him. When I have an A.J. Brown and a Julio Jones mm, I can throw this football to, absolutely. I would rather throw into double coverage to one of those guys Versus throwing to single coverage and a guy's not barely open, I, I I just gotta take my chances and the situation of the ball games too. Yeah. I gotta take my chances with my standout guy who I've known has made plays in double coverage, who I've known who's beaten one on one coverage over and over again. I gotta take my chances there more so than I do with a guy that's not proven. Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman, thanks for joining us on Keyshawn, Jay Will and Max on ESPN radio. Plain note of fame fans are going, Yep, we've seen this before when it comes to Brian Kelly. And Marcus Freeman now in charge of this team. And many people are more impressed, not so much Ohio State gutting it out, but that Notre Dame played a team that close when they were a 16.5-point underdog. I'll throw this question at you. I know it's only been one game. Brian Kelly down at LSU. Marcus Freeman, who used to play for the Ohio State University and now is the head coach of Notre Dame. Who's going to be more successful? Is it the ex-husband down at LSU when it comes to Brian Kelly? Or is it the current husband when it comes to Marcus Freeman at Notre Dame? This can get tricky because I think Brian Kelly will have better, a better pick of the litter to choose from when it comes to players and recruitment, being down in Baton Rouge. But I think Marcus Freeman is going to be the better, have the most success uh, between those two right now. I looked at that game against 
the Ohio State Buckeyes and how he was fighting. But then you look over to the sideline and you see that passion. Mm-hmm. When I Every time they showed Brian Kelly last night, I was asking myself, well, damn, is he going to talk to anybody uh, on the headphones or is he going to talk to any of the players on the sideline? He always had the same little look on his face. But then uh, you see a guy like Marcus Freeman, you see the passion when they get stops. You see uh, when his players make big plays, you see that passion. And players feed off that energy. Energy yeah. is everything. Sure. Not just from players, uh, you know, but, but from coaching staffs as well. Energy is everything. But I think Marcus Freeman is going to have uh, – it's going to be better uh, because I, I, just, I just like how those guys fight for him. He's younger as well. He can relate to the players a lot more, play the game at a very, very high level. You just mentioned at Ohio State University. So I, I'm going to go with Marcus Freeman. Brian Kelly has to realize that you can be the CEO of a program, but in that part of the country, you better be a relatable CEO. You better believe it. You, you can, For example, Nick Saban is a CEO of Alabama football, but players know exactly what the message is. The message always comes from him. They never have to question any kind of buy-in when it comes to Nick Saban. And I'm not going to say that's the case right now after day one, game one, when it comes to LSU. But I can go back to so many different times. And I'm a Brian Kelly fan, what he did at Notre Dame. But there were plenty of times that he would let guys have it on the sidelines in full view of cameras, and he didn't care. And players knew, okay, you know, I can't get under my coach's skin. Whatever they did, that's the Brian Kelly that LSU paid for. That guy at Notre Dame. Not the guy that looked so much like a CEO last night for no for LSU football, where guys are making mistakes and he wasn't getting on guys. He's gonna have to be that guy that they hired if this is not going to go off the rails in year one for LSU. I'm gonna take it deeper, Freddie. I seen one of the defensive linemen who were one of the better players for LSU get hurt last night. And normally I'm accustomed to seeing head coaches, you know, go out there and or look like they're about to go out there at least and, you know, check on their player. Right. I just seen him with his arms folded, just sitting there on the mm-hmm. sidelines. Yeah, he can't be that CEO kind of guy. No, nah, he has he not. Can't. He can't, has not built up enough equity to do something like that. With Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman, appreciate you joining us on Keyshawn J. Will and Max on ESPN Radio. Don't forget about us on the ESPN app and so it's XM Channel eighty. Always good to talk college football with a man who played for the Ohio State University, helped him win a national championship, and also former NFL quarterback. He is Cardell Jones, better known as 12-Gage himself, joining us here on Keyshawn, J. Will and Max. And Cardell, just like Harry, you were there Saturday night for number two Ohio State versus number five Notre Dame. You played in that stadium in big games like that. What was it like watching that game that turned out to be an old-school football game and not a new-school football game involving those two? Oh, it was great, man. First and foremost, good morning, guys. Good Thanks morning. for having me. Right. Thanks for having me, but – it, it was great, man. It was a great atmosphere, atmosphere that I haven't personally felt in the shoes since I was playing back in the day. And, you know, the COVID year, then last year was kind of a, a toss-up for us because we didn't know in the beginning who was the quarterback going to be. And then, you know, the first home opener, CJ Stroud didn't play and all this other stuff. So to feel that atmosphere, to see all the former players and, you know, all the current athletes come out and support these guys and watch a huge game, uh, definitely an unmatched atmosphere Saturday night. Now, Cardell, I got to ask you about C.J. Stroud because watching him live, right, there are just some plays when your number one guy, Jackson Smith and Jigba, kind of goes down, he's nicked up, and you don't have that guy, so things are uh, probably a little bit more harder than you probably expected. But I've seen scramble plays of C.J. Stroud making those little plays here and there that made a difference in the game, seeing the cover zero right before the third quarter was ended and throwing a touchdown, which was really, really needed because I think they were, y'all were down 10-7 to 7 at that point. That made it 14-7. to 7. But also seeing wide field throws, which is I call them big boy NFL throws. 
on out routes where I'm crunching in my seat because I'm thinking it's going to be a pick six, but the velocity on the football and the arm strength, it gets there before the defender can even bat it down or pick it off. What did you see from C.J. Stroud in that game that you can take from that that you probably haven't seen as much of in the past? Well, I've seen – I had a good, I had a chance to get up close and personal with some of those throws and seeing C.J. throw um, this past pro at Ohio State. Um, and, and I'm not shocked at none of those throws, actually. And then just seeing the work that he's put in this offseason, not just him, but with that young receiving core when it comes to playing time. And, you know, I, when, when Jackson went down, I really was probably the only person in the stadium that wasn't so worried about the Buckeyes because you got to understand, guys, they just dealt with this in the Rose Bowl, you know, their last game, where they're two top with over 2,000 yards decided not to play in the game with two top, you know, first-round draft pick receivers. And it, it just gives guys the opportunity to step up. I know you didn't expect that, or we didn't expect that that early in the season to say, hey, guys, go out there and step up. But C.J. took that on himself and his offensive line. They got behind you know, a great run game and just and kind of pretty much controlled the game in a different aspect. Like you said, a, a kind of an old-school way of playing football, not the, you know, the 50 to 60 points we accustomed to seeing Ohio State scoring the last couple of years with Ryan Day. But, you know, it just I think that's a testament to that coaching staff and to those players. They just got to find ways to win. National champion quarterback when he played Ohio State, also played in the NFL. He's Cardell Jones. Hit him on Twitter at CJ12, joining Freddie Coleman and Harry Douglas on Keyshawn, J. Will and Max. You have to answer this question for me. How are you able to see the game when LeBron James getting in the way, Jason Tatum's getting in the way, Joe Burrow getting in the way, <laughs> Braxton Miller getting in the way, Terry McLaurin, Chris Olave? How are you able to see the game when all those dudes are on the sidelines just getting in the way of 12 games trying to watch a football game? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That's a great point. And I tell these guys, man, it was good to see all those guys. And, um, you know, I haven't seen some of those guys in, in, in quite some time with everything that they've been doing. And, you know, but it was good. I was like, you know, guys, you guys got to come back more often. I'm like, yeah, yeah, all these people here to see you guys, not the not the football team. <laughs> but it was, amazing. Like I said, it was an amazing atmosphere, man, and LeBron and his son. And then, you know, the crowd, the students that are screaming, we want Bronny and things like that. So <laughs> it, it was definitely, man, none of the sport like college football. And it was also cool because you had the 2002 team who won a national championship and beat arguably the best team ever seen in college football, the Miami Hurricanes at that time. But I want to ask you this, man. How did you feel about Notre Dame under new head coach Marcus Freeman in their first outing? You know, uh, I, I was shocked. I was shocked to – I'm not going to lie, I anticipated the blowout. Mm-hmm. You know, I was saying, hey, new head coach, I'm a big fan of Marcus Freeman. They got another guy over there, James Laronitis, who I'm extremely close with. And I was like, this is going to be a tall task for these guys to come into the shoe. Opening opening college football, the, the way it should be open with a huge game like this, you know, playing against a potential Heisman Trophy winning quarterback and a national championship contender team, even though – I definitely believe Notre Dame is going to be in that mix for the, the final four at the end of the year if they went out because that was a good team. And, you know, Marcus had those guys ready on both sides of the ball. And I was, Notre Dame primarily has not been a, as great on, on, on defense the last couple of years as they've been. But, man, they they held a, a high-scoring Ohio State team to 21 points. So they definitely shocked me on both sides of the ball. They came out ready to play. One thing I noticed about Notre Dame, Cardell, was their toughness. I'm not talking about physical toughness, their mental toughness, because it could have been very easy in that atmosphere. You still got a bunch of young players in key positions that they could have lost their religion. How much of this is going to serve this team well? Because I firmly believe looking at their schedule, their next chance of any kind of loss may not happen until November 5th when they play Clemson at home at 730 on that night. 
Yeah, I think it just goes back to the mentality Marcus and, and James bring to that team. Uh, you know, both All-American linebackers at Ohio State back in the day who played, you know, James played at the highest level of football and Marcus, you know, coaching under Luke Fickle at Cincinnati and, and kind of got his opportunity there. You know, I, I definitely anticipate those guys to, to bring a different swagger and a, and a demeanor to that program. Um, already traditionally a, a, a unbelievable program, but I definitely see something different in Notre Dame. And like I said before, I wouldn't be shocked if they are legit in the conversation for those for those top four spots at the end of the year, even with this one loss. The Ohio State defense, last year they gave up a ton of points to a, a lot of opponents. Uh, that was the talk coming into this year. Jim knows coming from Oklahoma State, with under his helmet, Oklahoma State, they was a top five defense, led the country in sacks. You see last night him put his blueprint on the uh, – excuse me, not the night before, put his blueprint on the game and dialing up blitzes at the right time and showing a bunch of different coverages. How confident are you? How confident are you going moving forward that the Notre Dame, excuse me, that the Ohio State Buckeyes will be in contention to win a title? Very, very as well. I mean, been around these guys since um, last winter when you know had that bad taste in their mouth even after they won the the Rose Bowl, but losing to the team up north and not having an opportunity <laughs> to um, get into those final four spots. But literally, man, I mean, the, the spring they these guys were rolling, the summer they was rolling, and kind of. You know, was anxious to see, okay, well, they was doing good versus guys. They, they've seen these looks all year. Let's see what they do versus a team that's, you know, ready to go hit them back in the face, which was Notre Dame uh, two nights ago. But I'm extremely confident in these guys and uh, seeing some of the things that, that Coach Knowles was doing on defense. Then I'm like, this is what, you know, this is what we needed, right? This is what we need, not just line up and just say, hey, beat us. You know, he's kind of the master of disguise when it comes to, you know, being a defensive coordinator on a college level. And he got those guys rolling. So I'm a huge, huge fan so far. <laughs> Cardell Jones from OSU and NFL player joining us in Keyshawn, J. Will and Max on ESPN Radio. Number one, I love the fact you'll never hear the word Michigan come out of his mouth. They're always a team from North. That's how that's going to go with anybody from that's Ohio right. State. That's not happening. <laughs> Number two, when it comes to teams, Cardell, what do you think about the college ball playoff expanding to 12 teams? They want to do it in 2026, but it could happen as early as 2024. You know what? I think it's um, time for it um, because you always have those, you know, that that five or six or maybe five through seven, you know, spots or teams that could have made a legit argument to be that fourth spot, you know. So um, I just wonder what it would do to the conference games. I wonder what it would do to non-conference games. Maybe they do away with conference championship games and just go back to the old school ways of naming a champ if that even holds any weight at that point and then giving the first maybe – two teams to buy. Um, but I think I think it's definitely time for it because a lot of teams can make an argument for, especially the new age of transfer portal and NIL. I mean, and then these super conferences are being built. I definitely anticipate this this twelve team um playoffs kind of happening sooner than twenty six. He is a great follow on Twitter. Hit him up at CJ12 because when you hit him up, at least LeBron, Jason Tatum, Andre Iguodala, and those guys get in the way of the conversation. And Bobby Cardell Jones won a national championship at Ohio State, also played in the NFL. Great stuff and great perspective and information from him joining Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman on Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Max. Also appreciate you, 12 Gage, and thanks so much. We'll talk to you soon. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me, guys. Sounds good. Bobby, we got this quick tweet. We mentioned about – Rayshon Butte, who has scrubbed all Instagram mentions when it comes to LSU, the LSU wide receiver who last night had two catches of 20 yards in the 24-23 loss to Florida State. The pimp C says Butte has to act like he wants the ball. He alligator-armed a target across the middle in the first half. Cool business decision, I get it. 
but don't pout when you don't get the ball after, and it was only game one. Yeah, I mean, but that's one play. And technically, the ball should not have went there because he could have got depleted and his career ended. So I I understand what he's saying. You always got to expect the football, but the ball should not have went there. I don't care what anybody says. The coverage, is, the coverage says do not throw that football right there at that moment mm-hmm. because, hey, Mrs. Butte, we've lost your son. <laughs> Why? Because the quarterback was being stupid. Yeah. If you're Butte, though, there's a better way to be a better leader and you got to show that leadership. Scrubbing LSU off your Instagram account, be more mature than that. As far and, as I'm I'm, and I'm big on body language too, Freddie. I don't believe mm-hmm. in the pouting and stuff, so I do agree with them in that sense. I don't agree with that because there's a way to do everything in body language. I just talked about it coaching-wise. Right. It's the same, it's the same manner when you talk about players. Body language says everything. And even if you're upset, show it after. Don't show right. why you're out there on the football field. Right, and his body language was bad. Especially, I mean, I get it, not getting the football, not, where, not getting where he wanted it. Yeah, no one's going to be happy about that, but it's supposed to be a team together and fight together. And they fought back down by 14. They come all the way back and first of all, block the extra point. That game maybe goes, that game goes to overtime. You have the momentum on your side and maybe just maybe he's not scrubbing LSU mentions off his Instagram page when it comes to Rayshon Butte, the outstanding wide receiver. You can always hit us up on Instagram. We promise we won't scrub you unless you don't keep it clean. Hit us up at hdouglas83. That's Harry's handle, my handle at Coleman ESPN. So the Dallas Cowboys found a way to help out their offensive line. But will he really matter trying to take down the Eagles this year in 2022 in the NFC East? Listen to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max live everywhere you are. Download the ESPN app. Tap the More tab on the bottom right. Scroll down and tap Live Radio. ESPN Radio, everywhere you are. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. So Jason Peters back in the National Football League. He played 15 games for the Chicago Bears last year. He's going to try to play that many for the Chicago Bears this year. According to our source, so ESPN's Todd Archer, the Dallas Cowboys have agreed to a deal with Jason Peters. He will join the practice squad at first before trying to get them up to speed for the regular season. With Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman, thanks for joining us. And Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, presented by Progressive Insurance. Thanks for checking us out on ESPN Radio and tuning in to us on the ESPN app and Sirius X-Men Channel 80, as well as your smart speaker. Let's bring in Robert Turbin, who played in the National Football League as a running back, a former Super Bowl champion, and he joins us to get us ready for the NFL season that gets started on Thursday with the Rams and the Bills kicking things off. Robert, I'm going to start there with Jason Peters. Played 15 games in the NFL last year with the Chicago Bears. Cowboys signed into the practice squad with their offensive line issues. How much can a 40-year-old like Jason Peters really help this Cowboys offensive line? 
Well, he brings a veteran presence. And before I go any deeper, I just want to say, man, it's an honor to be on the air with you fellas. I've been watching and listening to you guys for years. Appreciate you, man. So it really is an honor. Absolutely. Uh, The good thing is, you know, even at age 40, you mentioned it. Last season he played 15 games, so it's not like he's been away from the game for a long time. He's still got a little tread on the tire. Don't need that veteran presence. They want to have a chance in the NFC East this season. Robert, you have a list of things for the Dallas Cowboys that can actually hold them back this season, but in your eyes, what's the one thing that can hold them back the most? Well, if they can't get the running game going on a consistent basis, uh, you know, I think this team is really dead to rights. You've heard it from Jerry Jones. Even he said it. You know, this, this, uh, you know, this team is going to be dependent on, you know, Zeke Elliott in that backfield really playing at a high level on a consistent basis. Uh, in order for them to really have a chance and go deeper uh, into the playoffs and actually make a deep playoff run. If they put everything on Dak's shoulders and try to, uh, you know, win games purely on his arm, uh, it's not going to work out for the Dallas Cowboys, and they will again fall short. So they got to get that thing going, especially later on in the season, if they want to make a deep playoff run, and they got to be able to guard guys on defense in the secondary. Robert, what is it like for someone like you to play in the NFL at running back? We always hear about the passing game, the passing game, the passing game in modern football. But yet we always hear if they can't run the football, they can't win. What does that say to you who played that position that seems to get devalued year after year, but it's still critical for any NFL offense to have any kind of success? Yes, yeah, it's a tough position to play uh, because you mentioned it. You know, that position has been getting devalued over the, uh, you know, over the last several years now where, you know, the guys can essentially be easily replaced in some ways uh, in a lot of front office lines, but it is a critical position. Uh, I've played it. I've seen some of the best guys play it at that that position at a high level, Marshawn Lynch, uh, Frank Gore, just to name a couple, Uh, you know, and so you you need the run game, but it is important these days. Uh, I felt like it's always been important, but especially these days now to have a skill set in the passing game uh, to add to these, you know, really new innovative offenses that these coordinators are running now. Let's stay in the a- uh, NFC. I want to talk about the Rams for a second. How likely do you think it'll be they'll be able to repeat as champions? Well, let's forget repeat. Actually get back to the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's highly unlikely. You know, history, uh, history mm. says so itself. And there's a lot of, you know, a lot of talk around the Rams and their health right now, especially at the quarterback position with Matt Stafford. And, man, if he can't play consistently at a high level, I'm not sure this team really has a chance to get back. We know they're going to be really good on defense, but it's not like they have a high-powered running game that they can lean on. It's pretty good. But we know that this, this offense really in this team uh, has, has lived and died off, you know, the passing game of Matt Stafford in uh, that receiving core. And so if he's not fully healthy – uh, I'm not really sure that they have a chance really to get back to the Super Bowl this year. He's a great follow on Twitter. Robert J. Turbin, like we mentioned, played in the NFL, won a Super Bowl championship. He's also a college football Hall of Famer. Robert Turbin joining Freddie Coleman and Harry Douglas on Keyshawn, J. Will and Max on ESPN Radio. Matthew Stafford was acting like James Brown. I feel good, na-na-na-na-na-na, about his shoulder injury. <laughs> but I, I'm always going to be concerned that he's always going to give us the good ship lollipop when it comes to an injury. How much of a concern should be about Matthew Stafford and that shoulder injury, no matter what he said earlier this week? Yeah, no, you should be concerned. And as players, we're warriors, man. So we're never injured. We're never going to talk about 
what kind of pains we have, knee issues, whatever the case may be, uh, just because we're gladiators, man. This is this is what we do. We've been playing through uh, injuries and things like that our entire careers, even before getting to the NFL. I mean, that's just how you're brought up uh, as a football player. But there should be some concern, and I think one of the things the Rams, if they want to get back to the Super Bowl and have a chance uh, to win it, they have to understand that they're not the same team they were last season. This is a different team. Yes, you have some of the same personnel, but your team has changed, and they have to approach it that way this year. Across the NFL, when you look at all the teams, who is the biggest under-the-radar team that you think can compete for a Super Bowl title this year? I think it's the New Orleans Saints. I think it's the New Orleans Saints um, in the NFC. It just depends on how consistent Jameis Winston, Winston or non-consistent Jameis Winston can play. I mean, but he certainly has the weapons around him. Chris Olave out of Ohio State. You've got, you know, Michael Thomas coming back. You've got Juice Landry. Got some nice weapons at the wide receiver position. Obviously, Alvin Kamara in the backfield. On defense, you bring in the Honey Badger. Uh, you know, you've got a great secondary. Your front seven is solid, right? Uh, so that can really be a sneaky team to me in the NFC that can, uh, you know, overcome some games there in the playoffs and, man, make a Super Bowl run. What do you think about the, your former teammate, Russell Wilson, now with the Denver Broncos getting that new contract after leaving Seattle? Oh, love it. Love it. I mean, you know, since Peyton Manning retired, I think the Broncos have had – 10 different starting quarterbacks, uh, you know, this gives you some security now over the next, you know, five, six, seven years uh, of, of having a franchise quarterback, a quarterback who's still young, can still move, has won a championship, has been in those big games, making deep playoff runs. Uh, and so, you know, not only do you have the skill set there, but you have the leadership there uh, as well, both on and off the field. Talk about some of the things he does in the community, what an example he's able to set now uh, for this Broncos franchise and the young players that are going to continue to come into that facility. Robert, your alma mater, Utah State, they put up a great fight against oh, the Alabama Crimson oh, Tide. So, so, so I just want to, I just want to oh, say, you know, they, they put up a, they put up a hell of a fight. The quarterbacks, all three of them, they went eight for twenty-two for fifty-seven yards. That's thirty-six percent. They had a total offensively of 136 yards. Really? Uh, what do you think the future for the Aggies? I mean, they probably thought they were the Texas A&M Aggies because they beat Alabama last year, but obviously they were not. What, what, what does it look like for them moving forward? Well, well, you know what? Last season now, let's, oh, not, you know, you let's, go, not, Robert. let's not forget. Mm-hmm. Get huh? Robert, they beat I'm Washington I'm State last, last season. season. Last season now, we were the Mountain West Conference mm-hmm. champions. Get them, Robert. Okay? All right. So we ain't, you know, we ain't no slouches now, okay? We just, you know, we just went up against Big Bro, and we <laughs> lost, okay? Back, all right? It, it, it happens in college football, uh, but I'm sure it was a great experience for those guys. It's funny, I text Bobby Wagner during the game mm-hmm. because when we were there, our last year together, 2011, we played against Auburn, who were the defending national champions at the time. And, man, if it wasn't for an onside kick that we should have recovered, we had the game won. All we had to do was recover the onside kick, take a knee, game was over. Utah State Aggies win. And I texted him and said, man, I would have loved to play against Alabama. 
And he texted me back. He said, man, I ain't getting blown out. I said, me? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, wait a minute. I'm no, with you, but, but I'm not with you. <laughs> like it's we, Utah State Aggies forever, though, man. It's all, it's all good. Nothing wrong with that, Bobby. Like we mentioned, great follow on Twitter, Robert J. Turbin. Like I mentioned, Super Bowl champion, the Seattle Seahawks, and College Football Hall of Famer. Great stuff by Robert Turbin, former NFL running back, and now does a great job as a football analyst joining Freddie Coleman. And Harry Douglas and Keyshawn, Jalen Max. Hey, Rob, we'll talk to you soon. I'll holler at you soon. Go Utah State, okay? All right, man. Take care, fellas. Sounds good, right, Bobby. Bud. You hit us on Twitter as well. You want to get a H. Douglas 83. That's Harry's handle. This way he can beef on your team like he beefed on Robert's team. I think I'm blown <laughs> up by Alabama. My handle at Coleman ESPN. And we'll go through each and every division in the NFL, and we'll give you the winners of each and every division. From your radio to your smart speaker and phone. Now playing ESPN Radio. Or watch on ESPN2. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Live weekday morning starting at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN2. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman, thanks for joining us. And Keyshawn, J. Will and Max on ESPN Radio, as well as Sirius XM Channel 80. So it seems that Harry Douglas' alma mater Lost to my wife's alma mater over the weekend because Syracuse beat the fool out of Louisville, <laughs> letting everybody know the head could be different under Dino Babers. And Scott Satterfield looked like somebody told him, your lunch money's no good here anymore when it comes to Louisville. But that cost you some money when your alma mater yeah. got stopped by my wife Denise's alma mater on Saturday. Yeah, I made a bet with, with Jimmy G, Jimmy Gairo. He's he's over a lot of things at ESPN, uh, mainly college game day. And mm-hmm. We were in there this weekend in the back, and he was like, hey, Harry, you know, my, my album, Mark Syracuse, plays Louisville. I was like, yes, that's right, Timmy, and we're going to win. And you know, you know me. Hey, let's bet a nice little dinner on it. Okay. I mm. texted him yesterday, and I just had the, my hand over my face emoji. <laughs> Curses foiled again, huh? Yeah, man. Yeah. But, but I will tell you this. When it comes to Syracuse, Sean Tucker, I think very highly of him. And yep. he's a guy that can secretly – be in Heisman contention if they continue to win and he continue to, to do what he does, especially mm-hmm. what he did last year. Um, their quarterback, Schrader, really a dual-threat well. guy that can pass and rush the football, man. But uh, Louisville side of things, they just didn't play well across the board. Missed tackles, um, dropped balls. Malik Cunningham didn't play well. And for him to be going into year six, 
I thought he could, he he needed to play way better than what he did uh, in that game against Syracuse. So the one thing I'll say about Syracuse, I think Dino Babers has done a better job of letting somebody else call the plays. I thought because he was so focused on that that other things were able to slide by the wayside when it came to offense, when it came to special teams, when it came to when it came to the defense. I think by releasing that, he can focus on making sure that everybody is on the same page and not just the players but also the coaches. They look like a different football team. And, yeah, they made Louisville take a step back, but they just kept playing and kept playing hard. They weren't about trying to, trying to be about wild plays, Harry. It's about what can we do to consistently work things out. They had 242 yards passing and 207 on the ground. You get that kind of balance, and you may be able to rise up in the ACC when it comes to Syracuse. Damn it, Freddie, I'm mad. Because I just thought about something. The last time I bet Louisville-Syracuse game, uh-huh. it was with one of the Atlanta Falcons scouts. Oh, boy. And I lost the bet to him then, too. So it's like Maybe I'm just, staying away from the Louisville-Syracuse game really from, should. From, in the future. I'm yeah. just staying away from it. It's not good for your direct deposit. So you might need to leave that alone because then you guys explain to the misses why the account's looking a little short this month because <laughs> you bet on Louisville-Syracuse and didn't win again. I'm just looking out for your financial interest like I'm your financial broker. I just want to appreciate make sure that, peace. my man. I just want to make sure there's peace and harmony in your house where if there's disharmony, it does not cost you more money. Just cook them a nice salmon dinner instead. Really, Pat Costello? Yeah. Yes, with an L. Stop continuing. Yeah, you're taking trouble, an L Pat. right now. <laughs> For the second <laughs> time, right. involve Louisville, Syracuse, and money in a football <laughs> game. No better. Be better. Listen to Keyshawn J. Will and Max live everywhere you are. Download the ESPN app. Tap the More tab on the bottom right. Scroll down and tap live radio. ESPN Radio, everywhere you are. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max. Yeah, Harry just gets too fancy with his barbecues around holidays like Memorial Day or Labor Day. Or whatever. It's just like he's eating like a lobster thermidor and eggs benedict and fresh caught Alaskan salmon. Like just- Today, what we're going to have... I'm going to fry some pork chops, bake some chicken as well as I'm going to cook some chicken on the grill, some ribs, some salmon. What's the one thing you will not put on your grill? Apparently salmon. He's putting salmon on apparently. But now, how, how do you pronounce it again? Salmon. 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 So the, the salmon, uh, because that's how it's spelled. My daughter actually begged me for the, from the, for the salmon. Just savage. Good Lord. No shame whatsoever here. Oh, you fancy, huh? Oh, you fancy, huh? Oh, you fancy, huh? You going to be okay? 
<laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I, I, I think that's debatable here on Keyshawn J. Will and Max with Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining us on this Labor Day to end the unofficial week in the summer on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, as well as Sirius Action Channel 80. Don't forget, Greeny is next with Mike Greenberg to continue Labor Day before a doubleheader when it comes to Major League Baseball right here on ESPN Radio. Like we mentioned, NFL action for reals. Get started on Thursday. You got the Buffalo Bills taking on Los Angeles Rams, and that kicks off NFL action going into Sunday. And then Monday night when it culminates with Denver Broncos and Seattle Seahawks. And the Monday night football debut of Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, part of that at ESPN at 815 next Monday. But we're going to go through each and NFL division, and we're going to start in the NFC West. We're going to go a little backwards instead of going like east, north, south. We're going to go west, south, north, and east. Since the Rams are the champions of the league, so it's like the NFC West. Harry, who wins that division and why? Very interesting conference. Uh, I think the question marks at the quarterback position won't allow me to pick San Francisco, even though I think they have the better roster. They, they have one of the better rosters in National Football League, period. So I'm going to go with the Rams there. Now, if Trey Lance starts to play very, very well, then I'm going to have to switch back to the San Francisco 49ers. But I thought they were the better team in that division last year. And I said it early on before they even went on the little win streak and the hot streak that they did go on. I'm going to tell you San Francisco 49ers. They have the most talent in that division. And Kyle Shanahan is going to make sure that Trey Lance will be in a, put in a position to succeed. We know they got the defense. Fred Warner is one of the best linebackers, if not the best linebacker in the National Football League. You can make a case for him. You get Bosa on the outside as well. The receiver is going to play with Debo Samuel, who's got his new contract. I think Trey Lance won't be as much of a question mark because they'll protect him. I got the 49ers winning that division. NFC South, is there really, is there, is there really a question here? Or is there? Well, I mean, we can't ignore the simple fact that the New Orleans Saints have owned the Tampa Bay Buccaneers mm-hmm. four of the five times that they've played. And in the regular season games, they've won all four of those matchups. And yeah. you got to look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers' schedule early on. It's brutal. I mean, brutal. Mm-hmm. So if they aren't on their P's and Q's, the Saints can creep in there and win this division. But at this moment right now, I'm going with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because they have a guy named Tom Brady who happens to be the GOAT. Yeah, I want to go with the Saints, but I'm not going to as well because that Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense is still going to be really good, and he's still got enough weapons on the outside. Whatever offensive line problems they got to deal with, you can't have a better guy that gets the ball to his hands faster than anybody in the National Football League still when it comes to Tom Brady. I'm with you. That's going to be the Buccaneers. Uh, do we need to talk about the NFC North or just say the Packers and move on? Packers move on. Okay. NFC East, should say the Eagles and move on? Eagles are my pick, too. Let's move on. Okay, let's move on. We go to the AFC, AFC East. Who's going to win it? Yeah, I'm going to go with Buffalo. But the thing for me, this division, who's going to be that second-place team? Yeah. A lot of people have the New England Patriots because of Bill Belichick. I don't. I have the Miami Dolphins. They got to remember, twice last year, the Miami Dolphins beat the New England Patriots. Yes, I said that right. Twice last year, the Dolphins beat the Patriots. They play in the first game of the year this year. Bill Belichick, oh, they're going to go down to Miami early and try to get used to the heat. Get out of there. I don't know if that's even going to be enough, but – I think the Miami Dolphins is the second-best team in this division because they got better offensively. I'm with you at Buffalo, but I think the Page will take second place in this division. And that that, that defense is going to be pretty good. And by the way, Devontae Parker has been wowing people in camp when it comes to New England Patriots. I know they worry about who's going to call the offensive plays. I get I understand that. But they'll make enough plays of Mac Jones because Mac Jones seems to be the kind of guy like, look, just give me the ball and get the bleep out of my way. I still don't trust Tua Tungabailoa. Giving him new weapons, I understand he's got Tyreek Hill. Mike Kosicki, I think, should be pretty good for them in that running game. But I'm going to trust Bill Belichick a little bit more than Mike McDaniel, the new head coach of Miami. I got the Bills winning that division, but I got the Patriots finishing second. AFC North, who you got? 
I'm going to Baltimore Ravens. This team last year before Lamar got hurt was 8-3, and three, number one in the AFC. He's coming back, but not just Lamar Jackson. A lot of other players that, that were hurt last year on that team. What, the most depleted team in football last year might be all time. They can probably compete all time. <laughs> Uh, but they still found ways with Lamar Jackson there. When he went out, there was no way. It was only one way, the Lamar Jackson way. He's coming back. That's if he's coming back, if he has that contract. That's yeah. still to be determined. It's a special week this week. We're going to be keeping a close eye on that. But I have the Baltimore Ravens. I think the more you don't hear about that, the more that means something is being worked on. When it comes to Lamar Jackson, Baltimore Ravens, so just keep that in mind. Yeah, I'm with you about the Baltimore Ravens. I will say that I think the Cleveland Browns have the most talent of anybody in that division. But you know you have a lot of injuries when the Los Angeles Chargers go, yo, y'all need to chill because they're always injured when it comes to the Chargers. Mm-hmm. And when the Ravens have those kind of injuries, they still played hard for one of the best coaches in the league in John Harbaugh. They're going to win this division, reestablish that, why they are the team to beat in the AFC North. AFC South, who you like? Ooh, you have the Colts who got better mm-hmm. with Matt Ryan and then you added a Stephon Gilmore McLeod at the safety position. Two guys defensively who's won Super Bowls and can actually help those guys on that side of the ball and let them know what it's like and what it's going to be like. Uh, but the Tennessee Titans, they, the, they won the division the last two years. Oh, this is a toss-up. I'm going to go Tennessee, but okay. wouldn't be surprised if the Colts won it. Yeah, I'm going with the Colts, and that's not because I don't trust Tennessee. Derrick Henry is going to be back in fine standing, so you know offense what they're going to do. But losing Landry, their outside linebacker slash defensive end, that's 12 sacks that you don't have in your lineup. And this Colts team, I believe, is a quarterback away from being a pain in the you-know-what in the AFC playoffs. Well, now they have that guy, Matt Ryan. And I think Michael Pittman Jr. is going to make a step up to look like that number one wide receiver that we believe we were going to see. He's going to be able to do that. We know about Shaquille Darius Leonard, one of the best linebackers in football. I got the Colts winning this division. But the best division in the league, probably the AFC West. Denver mm-hmm. with Russell Wilson. Kansas City with Patrick Mahomes. Las Vegas, Devontae Adams now joining Derek Carr. And the Los Angeles Chargers, Justin Herbert, I believe is in the, as close to being a league quarterback that people want to say. Who wins this division, Harry? Even though the Chiefs have been consistent, I'm going with the Los Angeles Chargers. I just think Justin Herbert has something to prove. That team got better defensively. They were terrible against the run. They're going to be better this year. I think adding Khalil Mack and then J.C. Jackson, when he gets back and starts playing, that's going to give this offense extra possessions. So I'm going to Chargers. I'm going to Kings, the Chiefs. I know everybody's looking at the other teams, but I have to see it to believe it. And until I actually see somebody do that, the Chiefs are still the kings of the AFC West. Harry yeah, Harry. Yeah, Harry does will be the guys <laughs> tomorrow. Keyshawn, J. Will and Mac. From your radio to your smart speaker and phone. Now playing ESPN Media. Or watch on ESPN2. Keyshawn, J. Will and Max. Live weekday morning starting at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio. And on ESPN2. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.